So I'd like to turn again to that text, the end of Matthew 9 and the beginning of Matthew 10. And as I said earlier, the beginning of, or the early days of Jesus' ministry, when he's going round and the crowds are gathering. So chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Then he saw the crowds. He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his field. He called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. The next verses are where Jesus names his disciples. And I jump to verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. If you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. Do not take along any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for the journey or extra tunic or sandals or staff. For the worker is worth his keep. I want to go back to that image of harvest. That field ready for harvest, ready for the, uh, the workers to come and take, take the crop, take what the land has provided. And Jesus transforms this idea into Jesus looking at the world. And one of the things that BMS asks you, to focus on today, this Harvest Festival, which is only one part of the whole work of BMS, is, I think, symbolised by that that picture of a people hopeless and helpless. Families, families who didn't want to leave their homeland, find themselves with neighbours. Families who want their children to be educated, to go to university, to have good jobs, who just can't. And in a sense, in a taste of what BMS does, they're asking you today to focus on that. But I want us to use that as a, as a focus, but allow our minds and our spirits to rove over this world. Not just to these campsites, these war-torn countries, but also the people around you, the harassed and helpless. Yes, we can feel overwhelmed as we see these images on the screen, as we hear the descriptions on television, 
as we read in our newspapers, but we can feel equally, equally sad, equally overwhelmed in the supermarket at work. People who, who we meet, who we know, just need to know the love of Jesus, uh, but who won't listen. People who we know will close their ears the moment we mention that we are people of faith. I, I was interested by the, the idea of fasting uh, that Richard was talking about and fasting from Facebook. I, I just wonder how many of us would have the courage to send a Facebook message saying, for, for 12 hours, I'm not going to look at Facebook And for 12 hours, I'm not going to text anyone or receive any texts because I want to devote that time to prayer. I only check Facebook in the evenings. I only read a text. Well, my wife would say I never read them. But I I only read the text when I know there's a message there. But for many people, that really would be a challenge. And that public declaration on Facebook... I'm going to spend time praying. I just pick out four words from that text I've read. He saw. Jesus saw the crowds and he saw people harassed and helpless. Let's pray that God will open our eyes to see this world, to see the harassed and helpless, but without being overwhelmed. Because too often when we're overwhelmed, we shut down. I can't do anything. Remember that the gospel is good news. That we have good news for these harassed and helpless people. And Jesus sees it. Let's pray that we can see through the eyes of Jesus. And then Jesus spoke. That wasn't the end of it. He wasn't just overwhelmed with what he saw, he spoke. So he said to his disciples, he said to the people who were with him, who were walking closely with him, who wanted to follow him, he described the situation. The harvest is plentiful. The river is a harvest to be had. Jesus wants to harvest. Now the idea of harvesting souls these days seems an old-fashioned idea, old-fashioned language, let's say, and uh, just a, a, a recruiting people into church. I'm sure Jesus wasn't thinking of that. We're not just trying to get people to sit on seats in a church building once a week. And if they're, if they're really good to come along to a couple of meetings, that's not just it. The harvest is plentiful. Ask the Lord of the harvest. Ask the Lord of the harvest. Therefore, to send out workers into his field. Lord, in our prayers. What does this mean? When I look out, when I see through your eyes, see the harassed and helpless around me, when I see the harassed and helpless in other countries, the ends of the earth. What can I do? Yes, what can I do along with BMS to help in this mission to the whole world? What can I do with other organizations? What can I do with my political affiliation? What can I do with my everything else I do? What can I do with my family and my friends and my colleagues? 
ask the Lord of the harvest. None of us can do everything, but every one of us can do something. And the something must be the thing that Jesus wants us to do. We can do lots of good things, but what's the best thing we can do? And the best thing will come as we pray to our Lord and he prompts us and leads us to send out other workers, but to to send us out as well. Lord, here I am, send me. And then, in answer to those prayers, in answer to this vision, he called. And in this case, he, he called his 12 disciples. And we get this list for the first time. And Jesus isn't just talking in a vacuum, talking vaguely about people. He's got 12 people. He calls and he names them. And as Jesus calls and names us, he gives us value. And this morning, this morning he's called you to this place. And he knows you by name. Sadly, I don't know your names. But Jesus does. And he calls you once again. I don't know how many times you've met here or in other places of worship. How many times you've gathered with other believers. But once again this morning, he's calling each one of us to be in this place. And to be in his presence. Because the Holy Spirit is here. And the Holy Spirit is at work. We may not use his name. But he's here. giving us value, giving us worth. He knows us. And these twelve, the final word he sent out. It's not just a a matter of of being, seeing something and and responding and and going out and doing whatever we, we can. It's a whole process of seeing the need through Jesus' eyes to praying to him, being empowered by the Holy Spirit and then going out. How can we possibly preach the kingdom of heaven? Well, perhaps we could. But how could we possibly then go on, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons? What on earth does that mean? In 2016, pray to the Lord of the harvest and he will tell you. He will tell you what that means for you individually and collectively today. Freely you have received, freely give. We live in difficult times to talk about Syrian refugees, to talk about Afghan refugees, and so on. The list goes on. We we risk touching on politics. The country has voted to leave Europe. And we're told that one of the 
one of the influences, one of the strong motivations was to control immigration. What does that mean in this context? I don't know how you voted. In a sense, I don't care how you voted. I just plead with you to look at the world through Jesus' eyes. It's difficult to talk about these things. It's difficult to understand. But if we see these people as Jesus sees them, then I believe we can understand a little more about the needs. We can understand what Brexit means. We're leaving an institution, but as our dear Foreign Secretary has said, we're not leaving Europe. We can't leave the continent. We can't leave those people. We're not leaving the world. We still live in this world. What does it mean for you? Well, the easy answer is one of the things, or two of the things that BMS want you to do. They want you to pray, and they want you to give your money. Not so that the BMS can grow and uh, and expand as an organisation, but to help those people we've just seen on those images. But I want us to do far more than that. I want us to ask the question, what does Jesus want of each one of us today? To show his love, to show his good news to the harassed and helpless of this world, wherever we might meet them.